Hey guys, welcome to episode one of the Filter Podcast. I'm Matt Walter and I'm a music photographer from Brisbane, Australia. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, I want to encourage you to listen to the first episode, which I technically called episode zero, where I talk a bit about what Filter is and why I started it. Filter isn't just for beginner photographers, but I thought what better topic to discuss on our very first episode of Filter than helping beginners avoid making some of the more common mistakes almost all photographers make when starting out. I think I made all of these mistakes when I started out with photography. So without further ado, let's jump right into these common mistakes. The first mistake I see beginner photographers make is that they're shooting in JPEG instead of RAW. So just because your camera comes with JPEG as the default image type, it doesn't mean it's the best option. It's actually probably the worst option. Choose to shoot RAW as soon as possible. RAW files are just that. They're unprocessed files that are captured by the sensor. They have all of the data that was collected by the sensor. So when a camera creates a JPEG file, it finalizes the image, which makes it much smaller, but it also throws away all of that extra data that the sensor caught. JPEG files are smaller, but since you're going to want to edit the photo anyway, you'll end up with a JPEG, you know, once you, you bring it out of Lightroom or however you're editing it. So just shoot raw from the start, benefit from the extra data in your editing process and just never look back. The second most common mistake I see is beginner photographers tend to ignore the background. No matter what your subject is, you have to look at the background. The easiest way to ruin your photo is to have something distracting compete with the subject itself. Even worse, you might have accidentally made your portrait look like something from a 1960s science fiction movie by having branches looking like they're growing right out of the top of your subject's head. Since you're a beginner, you probably don't know how to use the clone stamp tool or won't know how to use it in a really detailed area. It's easily solved though. You just need to ask your subject to take a step to the right or the left before hitting the shutter. All you have to do to avoid the common mistake is to take a second to look at everything in the frame, not just what's in front of it. The third most common mistake is using a really slow shutter speed or a shutter speed that just is too slow for what you're trying to capture. A slow shutter speed is the reason your photos might be turning out blurry. Beginners often start on auto mode, and while that's a perfectly acceptable way of starting out, you're really gonna be leaving a lot of decisions up to the camera. The camera's gonna be making decisions about aperture, shutter speed, and ISO. The problem is the camera doesn't know what it's photographing and how fast it's moving. It's not an actual eye. So when it comes to making decisions on the shutter speed, it should be underestimating the subject's movement or how jittery your hands are. When it comes to making a decision on the shutter speed, it could be underestimating the subject's movement or how jittery your hands are. That's why you need to get off auto mode as soon as possible. The biggest mistake beginner photographers make is saying it would have been perfect if this didn't happen or if that didn't happen. You need to learn to take control of your camera rather than letting your camera dictate your output. You are in control. Fortunately, there's an easy rule to remember the required shutter speed for of portraits and other non-sport events, anything that isn't moving at a blazingly fast rate. 
The rule is that your shutter speed should match or exceed your lens's focal length. So for example, if you have a 50 millimeter lens and you're using that at that time, your minimum shutter speed should be 1 50th of a second. If you have a 200 millimeter lens, then it should be 1 200th of a second at the very least. If you have image stabilization, life is gonna be a little bit easier for you, but you're still going to benefit from remembering that rule. I like to take that rule and double down on it. That means for a 200 millimeter lens, you're gonna to wanna to use a shutter speed of 1 400th of a second. And for 50 millimeters, you're gonna to wanna to use 1 100th. The fourth common mistake I see is a generally confusing composition. You don't need to make a scientifically perfect composition. You just need to think about what you want the viewer to think. Many beginner photographers want to include as many things as possible within the frame to create detail or variety. That's actually detracting from the purpose of your photo. Without even a basic plan for your composition, it's easy for the viewer to feel lost within the photo. They just don't know where to look. When they don't know where to look, chances are they end up spending their time on a detail of the photo you didn't intend to be the subject and they probably miss the point of the photo altogether. The solution is to use the rule of thirds. You've probably already heard the rule of thirds spoken about anyway or written down somewhere. It's a really common thing. But the rule of thirds is a way of guiding the viewer to your intended subject by arranging elements of the photo in a way that's more attractive to the audience. I recommend you take a look online, but if you haven't read too much about the rule of thirds or this is a new concept to you, I recommend you take a look online, but I'm sure we'll probably cover that in a future episode of Filter anyway. Another common mistake is not making backups. Now this one is a simple one, but we can't overlook it. Not making backups or making backups too infrequently is one of the mistakes that both beginner and seasoned photographers make. So don't feel too bad, but I strongly recommend and please take it from someone that has learned the hard way. That is me. It just happened last year and it killed me. So I strongly recommend that you buy a portable hard drive and back up your photos on a weekly or a monthly basis. Because we're shooting raw, these are gonna be pretty big libraries um, because I recommend you back up your exported photos and your working files. So, you know, my catalog is gigs and gigs. I have to buy like a three terabyte drive, but it only costs, you know, 200 bucks. And, and that's a pretty cheap insurance, insurance scheme for my work. So I highly recommend you do that. I do a backup every month of my photos catalog on my Mac, so all my exported stuff, and I also export the Lightroom catalog to the hard drive, which overwrites the previous one. So if I did one last week or I did one the previous month, that, that can just be deleted from the hard drive, and then you do another export straight onto that just to keep it up to date. I can't really trust anything being overwritten because I'm not sure if those preferences get overwritten as well. So I like to just do a clean run. I just do it overnight. And even though we're talking gigs and gigs, it doesn't really take that long now that we've got USB 3 and USB C as pretty common stuff. If you're still using USB 2, you'll probably be there for quite a while. This common mistake is one that frustrates seasoned photographers. And I think when you become a little bit more experienced as well, it'll probably start to frustrate you as well. 
So beginner photographers can often be heard minimizing their gear. So they say things like, oh, it's just a cheap camera or my photos aren't special. I just have a beginner camera. I see photos that I love and I don't spend a second wondering what camera it was taken with. I just don't care. On some of those rare occasions, I end up finding out what gear the photographer used. And, you know, I find out that they actually were shot on a camera or a setup that cost, you know, one third of what my camera cost me. But I'm sitting there thinking this is heaps better than the work that I put out. That's because I really like the photographer's work, not because I like or I know that the gear they're using is expensive. They're just an amazing photographer, full stop. They know their camera, they know their composition, they have a unique style and they're passionate about photography. Believe it or not, camera manufacturers make beginner cameras for beginners. I know it might seem difficult to learn, but the more expensive cameras are not going to do you any favors. They're designed for experienced photographers and they use controls that just don't encourage learning because they just assume that you know what you're doing with them by now. Remembering what I said before, you need to learn to take control of your camera rather than letting your camera dictate your output. You are in control. You are the photographer. Expensive gear doesn't give you a shortcut to avoid learning photography. You still need to learn it. The final common mistake we'll cover is trying to tackle too much or not learning anything at all. So no matter what camera you own, it can do so many different things. If you only shoot on automatic mode, you're never going to find out what it can really do. Most importantly, you'll never find out what you can really do as a photographer. You will never regret learning how to use your camera. I know it can seem daunting at first, but the key is to learn one feature at a time. Choose either aperture or shutter speed and experiment with how different settings change things about the photo. Once you have an understanding of either of those, experiment with the ISO to get your exposure right. Finally, learn the other one. Once you know the basics of aperture, shutter speed and ISO, Try different genres of photography until you find one you like and you're naturally good at. I tried food, I tried macro, I tried music, and you're not necessarily going to find that the one that you like the most, you know, that's not necessarily going to be the one that you are the best at. Just be ready to accept that they might not actually be in the same genre. It doesn't mean that you can't do the one you like, but if you understand which genres you're good at and which genres you like, you'll be in a good position to one day make money and keep your passion alive. So that's it for episode one of Filter. But before I wrap it up, I want to remind you um, that there's an opportunity for you to ask questions. I want you to ask questions so I can help you where I can. If I don't know the answer, I'll research it for you and then we both learn and it's a win-win. But if it is something that I already know about it, I'm here to share the knowledge. Uh, I've, I've said many times that when I started with photography, no one was there to help. I had all these paid courses thrown at me and it just didn't really suit my learning. And I have spent zero dollars on learning photography and I still have a long way to go, but 
I think back to the times when I was starting out and I just wish that there was more information out there or I wish there was more ways to consume it without these massive commitments, either financially or time-wise. So filters my way of contributing to that and shortening it as much as possible. So please head over to filter.mattwalterphoto.com slash podcast help and you can record a message from your computer or phone. If you're a troglodyte or you don't like your voice or you don't want your voice to appear on the podcast or something like that, you can just tweet me at Matt Walter Photo or you can send me a message on Instagram at Matt Walter Photo. Again, thanks for tuning into episode one. I hope this was really helpful for some of you beginner photographers out there. Uh, and if you are a seasoned photographer, we do have some stuff coming for you as well. And I do want to hear your questions because it's going to help me learn as well. But most importantly, if you are a seasoned photographer, please remember to back up your work. I lost a heap of working files last year, but um, I'm going to go cry in a corner about that now. I'll see you next episode.